0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching Space, Time, and Prayer. I want to begin this morning by talking a little bit about one of my favorite topics space and time. I even wrote a book about it called Reflections of Space and Time back in 2012, and it must have struck a chord with readers back then because the Kindle version spent about a year and a half in the top three best rated in science and religion. So if you're interested, it's still in all digital formats if you want to see if you can find it. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to use a short discussion of space and time that will actually end up helping you in your everyday prayer life. It could probably stand as a sequel to last week's message on practical direction, which also came, coincidentally, from chapter 8 of my book. So you might hear some overlap if you were here for last week's message or you listened to the podcast. So the title of my message today is, once again, Space, Time, and Prayer. So let's begin in the beginning at Genesis 1.1. So turn with me in your Bibles or your devices to Genesis one. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Here's how I read it. In the beginning, time. God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. So according to the Bible, we live in a four-dimensional physical universe of space, time, and matter, which was created by God himself. Scientists call it the space-time continuum. But there's another realm that coexists with the natural physical universe that we Christians routinely refer to as the realm of the spirit or the spirit world. And one of the things people say all the time about this realm is that there is no time or distance in the spirit realm. You hear people say it all the time, even preachers. But the Bible, if you read it carefully, actually says the exact opposite. For example, in his vision of the New Jerusalem, the Apostle John saw 12 gates in the city walls, each made or built with a single pearl. Revelation 21.21. Now, I happen to know from my study of Revelation that the city walls in New Jerusalem are 216 feet high. So the gates would have to be at least 216 feet high to fit the walls, right? So you got to cut out of a pearl that's going to have a diameter of more than 200 feet. That's a pretty healthy-sized oyster, if you ask me. (laughs) Evidently, in heaven, they have some construction techniques we are unfamiliar with. They can do some things we can't do on planet earth. But I find it interesting that some of the same types of matter exist in heaven that exist on earth, like gold and pearls. Jesus said to his followers, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare or to build a place for you. That's John 14, 2. So putting these things together, the city of God evidently is a place that was built and is continually being built as a place for the righteous to dwell. Jesus also said that hell was prepared or built for the devil and his angels. That's Matthew 25, 41. And although heaven and hell exist in the spirit realm, they have some type of substantive matter. They have gates. They have walls. They are separated by some type of distance or space. And they had a time when they were created. And if they had a time when they were created, they exist in the realm or exist in a realm that includes space and time. I see fog lifting from the brains in here this morning. Hang with me. Hang with me. I got to get this off my chest. I want to zero in on time for a second and let you know that according to the Bible, there is time in heaven. There is time in the spirit realm. If you read through chapter 5 through 8 of the book of Revelation, you find that Jesus opens seven seals that pronounce seven judgments on the earth during the tribulation period. So if you think about it, each of the seven seals, when opened, caused and effect, or a judgment on the earth, all in sequential order. The first seal, then the second seal, then the third seal, then the fourth seal, and so on and so forth. That in itself implies that time exists in heaven because time is required to govern cause and effect relationships. So if all of that is a little bit hard for you to grasp... Let's read what happens when Jesus opens the seventh seal, and you find that in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. If you would turn there, Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. When he, that is Jesus, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Wait a minute. I thought there was no time in heaven. Well, not according to the Bible, evidently. It may not be time like we reckon time, but there is some kind of time in heaven, and by extension, in the realm of the Spirit. So let's talk about time and prayer and bring it down to our everyday prayer life. Everything I've talked about so far was a foundation, hopefully, that I can use to build... A picture of how time, both in the natural and the supernatural realm, affect our everyday prayer life. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 9, and we'll be reading verse 1 through 3. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. Y'all, I want you to know, you visitors, most of my messages are not this complex to begin with. Isn't that right, guys? I promise I'll bring it down home. I'll make it applicable to your everyday prayer life. Just hang with me. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books... The number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So here we see that Daniel, who was living in captivity in Babylon, understands by reading the prophet Jeremiah that the time of Israel's captivity is coming to an end. They must soon return to their homeland, rebuild the temple, and then the city and the streets and the walls of Jerusalem. And if you read from there, verse 4 through 19, the verses that follow, you hear a very passionate prayer being offered up by Daniel as he confesses the sins of Israel and asks God to prepare them spiritually for their soon-coming release from captivity. We talked about this on Palm Sunday, Daniel's 70 weeks, and if you want to get into that in detail, I urge you to go to the podcast and listen to it. So going down Daniel chapter 9 to verse 20. Skip on down to verse 20 because we're going to skip that long prayer and get right to the heart of the matter. Verse 20, Daniel says, Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. Notice it says that the angel Gabriel was caused to fly swiftly in order to appear to Daniel and bring the answer he was seeking. So the first thing I want you to see is that flying swiftly implies velocity. And velocity is a measure of distance traveled over a period of time. So once again, we see from the Bible that there is time and distance in the spirit realm, the realm in which angels operate and fly swiftly from one place to another. Verse 22. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Here's the really cool part. The angel Gabriel declared to Daniel that the moment he started praying, even before he finished his prayer, God gave command to him for him to fly swiftly from heaven to earth and bring him the answer that he needed. And what's even cooler than that is the angel Gabriel ends up giving Daniel way more revelation than he asked for, if you read the whole chapter. He not only tells him about Israel's immediate future, but He tells them about Israel's far future, even to the point of telling them the exact day that Jesus the Messiah would ride on a donkey through the gate beautiful in Jerusalem and reveal Himself to the people of Israel and give His life as a ransom for the whole world. He predicted the exact day, 33 A.D., Palm Sunday. Again, I say, if you want to hear about this in more detail, go to... Palm Sunday. It's called Palm Sunday in 70 weeks, about uh, three weeks ago, I think. All right. I talk about it in great detail. I'm trying to steer clear of it today. Getting back to Gabriel, listen to me. If Gabriel started flying to the earth the moment Daniel started praying and got there before he even finished, it didn't take him long to get from heaven to earth. I was listening to Andrew Walmack one time teaching on this topic, And he actually read Daniel's prayer with a stopwatch and timed it. And by his reckoning, Daniel's prayer took about three minutes. I did it myself, and I came up with two minutes and 54 seconds. That's pretty close. So bottom line, it didn't take Gabriel a long time to get from heaven to earth, but it did take him some time. So it's not accurate to say there is no time or distance in the spirit realm. He did it in roughly three minutes. By the way, that's no small task when you consider the fact that Gabriel probably had to fly across billions of light years to get here. So the scripture's not exaggerating when it says that he flew swiftly to earth in response to God's command. Listen, even flying at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, it would still take you a year to travel just one light year. And I promise you, heaven is way further out than that. All right, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, we're going to read verse 1 through 12, a little bit more scripture this time because I want you to get a feel for the kind of encounters that Daniel had in the spirit realm. Daniel chapter 10 verse 1 through 12. Hang with me. I'm reading from the NIV. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all. "'until the three weeks were over. "'On the 24th day of the first month, "'as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, "'I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen "'with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. "'His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, "'his eyes like flaming torches, "'his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, "'and his voice like the sound of a multitude.'" I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I've now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued. Listen to this. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard first day, and I have come in response to them. Once again, just like in chapter 9, we see in chapter 10 that the angel was released from heaven with the answer the moment that Daniel began to utter his prayers. He was praying for wisdom about the future of his people. But this time, it took three whole weeks for the answer to get there or to manifest. But before we get into that, and we will get into that, I want you to look closely at verse 12, where it says, the angel says to Daniel, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Whether you realize it or not, when you pray the word of God, when you pray by the spirit, your words are heard and angels come in response to those words to carry out and fulfill the plan of God for your life. Psalm one hundred three twenty says, bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. You want to launch angels? Fill your mouth with the Word of God because that is what they respond to. You want your prayers to be successful? Fill your prayers with the Word of God and angels will come in response to your words. By the way, if you do not fill your prayers with the Word, they're probably just going to stand idly because you've given them nothing to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So whether you speak by the Spirit or whether you speak the written word, angels respond to your words to bring the fulfillment of those words to pass in your life. All right, so let's get back to Daniel chapter 12. And for continuity's sake, I want to reread verse 12 and then read through verse 14. So Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 through 14. I'm reading from the NIV. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Then verse 13 says, But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Notice, as I already said, Daniel's first prayer was answered in three minutes, but the answer to his second prayer took three weeks to arrive. And the angel makes it clear that the reason for that is he had to fight through the demonic principalities that dominated the Persian Empire so that he could deliver the answer to Daniel that he needed. Furthermore, this is even way cool. It was so important that he received this revelation that none other than Michael, the captain of the Lord's host, personally assisted this angel in his mission. So what to make of all this? We've read a lot of scriptures and learned some cool stuff, at least from my perspective. But one of the greatest lessons we can learn is this. If you pray according to God's will, God answers those prayers the moment you pray. But sometimes there's resistance in the spirit realm, and sometimes it takes time for the answer to come. It could be demonic opposition, or it could be someone in the loop, someone in the necessary chain of of events is not obeying the voice of the spirit, and thus they are hindering the answer to your prayers. Y'all follow what I'm saying there? Maybe you're trying to sell a house and it's just not selling. And there's somebody out there that God spoke to weeks ago and said, you're supposed to buy that house and they're just not obedient to the word of the Lord. They're in the loop and they're causing things to be delayed because they're in Disobedience. At times like this, you have to be willing to stand firm between the time you say amen to your prayer and the time that you can say, there it is, the answer. So let's put it all together in your daily prayer life and wrap this thing up. As I've already mentioned, we should be praying prayers that line up with the will and the purpose of God for our lives. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 1 John 5. 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This scripture tells us that we can know that we have the things we're praying for as long as we're praying in line with God's will. And one of the best ways you can learn to pray according to God's will is to know the Word of God so well that God's will dominates every aspect of your life. John fifteen seven, in the King James. I can't find it said any better than it says it in the King James. Listen to this. This is a mind blower. Jesus said to His followers, If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let me read that to you again because some of you are not getting it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So the way I interpret that prayer is this. It is possible to get to the point that you're so in tune with God's will, you're so attuned to the voice of his spirit, that every prayer you pray is right on target and gets answered. So if you know you're praying the will of God for your life and there's a lengthy delay in receiving the manifestation, it might be time to pray against the resistance or the outright opposition of certain forces that are working against your prayers. This is an ideal time to lean on your prayer language and pray in the spirit against the opposition, against the resistance or whatever it is that might be holding up the answer to your prayer. So I'm going to conclude today's message with an example concerning direction. Let's say you've been praying for direction and you feel in your spirit that the Lord has told you to go through a certain door that he has opened for you. But every time you try and go through that door, it's like slammed shut in your face. The Apostle Paul had this happen to him. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 8 and nine, First Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. Paul said, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When you face circumstances like that, you have to spend some time praying against your spiritual adversaries until a door you know the Lord has for you swings wide open. I had this happen to me in the late 1980s when the Lord told me to leave active-duty Marines and transfer into the Air Force Reserve and continue flying with them. I felt in my spirit that Barksdale Air Force Base in Bossier City, Louisiana was my destination, and flying the A-10 attack jet was what I was supposed to do. But every time I called the 47th Fighter Squadron, I got this belligerent major on the phone who kept telling me there was no way it was ever going to happen, no way any kind of transfer from Marine Active Duty to Air Force Reserve was going to happen, much less a T-34 pilot becoming an A-10 pilot. I called him over and over and over again until he basically said, Captain Forrest, Do not call me again. So I let it lie for a couple of days. And then I heard the Lord say, Call them one more time. I'm like, Are you kidding me, Lord? He's going to get me arrested or something. So I call one more time. But this time, instead of getting the belligerent major on the phone, I got the wing commander's assistant. And he asked me to send my resume to him, and he placed it on the general's desk. Long story short, I transferred into the Air Force Reserve at Barksdale Air Force Base and flew the A-10 Thunderbolt II for the next five years. I believe you can use this tactic for any type of prayer where you know something is God's will for your life, but it seems to be taken way too long to manifest, whether it's healing, finances, direction, relationships, whatever it might be, listen to me, not every prayer you pray will encounter this type of resistance or this type of opposition, but many of them will. And you need to know what to do when that happens. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, Space, Time, and Prayer. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for Coffee and Fellowship and 1030 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.